golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. I love to play. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. We love it. And turn on the lights. I love to play. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with the best Best caddy on the planet, Rich B. And uh, what a, another beautiful day out there in the neighborhood, Rich B, for golf. We are just getting into the primo time of the year. Hey, uh, there was a rumor going around here in Central Florida that you actually played a round of golf. I did. Played up at Deer Island on Sunday. Woo! Were the winds blowing? Oh boy, that's right there on that little uh, spit of land out there in the middle of, of uh, Lake the... Dora oh, in boy. Mount Dora. Oh my! Uh, and it was absolutely beautiful, in great shape. They've got new owners out there, and uh, we had a great time. Uh, and uh, game was in pretty good shape for my little layoff uh, with the old uh, plantar fasciitis, which is so impossible to say. But um, are you past that now? I am, so look out, buddy. Thank goodness. Look out. Here I come. Uh, it's time for us to uh, get our little match play series going, just to keep everybody entertained for the, <laughs> the rest, winter of, the, series. For the rest right. of the year. Yeah, Hunter's but, Creek, here we come. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, hey, DJ, Dustin Johnson, powering it down over there in Shanghai, winning uh, his eighth tournament, I believe. That was like Saturday night or Early I know I couldn't morning. keep I couldn't yeah, keep track just, with, know, the, with the time. With the loss of uh, an hour uh, fallback and uh, yeah, but those great guys coverage, really uh, great coverage on the Golf Channel. Uh, fun, fun final round. I mean, you had uh, Graham McDowell and Ian Poulter. You know, Ian likes the WGC events, doesn't he? And and Sergio well. shooting sixty three on, on Sunday. Sunday. Usually that's good enough to win, but not uh, in Shanghai, man. No, well, we got a lot of golf to talk about tonight, but uh, we want to go uh, to our first uh, first person of the evening, a very very special uh, friend of the Golf Insiders, uh, someone I know quite well, who uh, is the founder of the LPGA Legends Tour, and they were in uh, in our neck of the woods in April up at the Villages for uh, the Walgreens Charity Championship, and they're going to have their season. Ender at uh, Innisbrook Resort over in Palm Harbor, Florida, or Clearwater area this weekend. And on the line is the founder and LPGA great, Jane Blaylock. Hey, Jane. Hey, how are you? Wonderful. Great to have you on uh, the Golf Insiders tonight. And you've got quite a lineup for the tournament this weekend. Well, every tournament keeps getting better. Uh, you know, when you've got Laura Davies as defending champion, that's not a bad place to start. And, uh, you know, the Legends Tour just keeps getting uh, more momentum. And, uh, you know, the players are now looking forward to turning 45. Yeah, no doubt. And a lot of them just still playing great golf. Uh, one of the uh, 
One of the champions that will be in the field is Lisa Lot Norman, who, of course, is coming off her big uh, victory, the Europeans at the Solheim Cup, in which she was uh, the victorious captain of. Oh, and, and she is, and she can play herself. Uh, I mean, I think uh, we're all so proud of what she did, even though it was the other team. Uh, but, you know, we all played together, so it's uh, it's hard to say that it, it's us against them. But, uh, you know, she's, uh, she's also a very attractive, wonderful, wonderful person. And, uh, you know, someone, you know, we've got Beth Daniel playing, Rosie Jones. Of course, no one's ever heard of Nancy Lopez. But it's just, uh, you know, it's a who's who, and it's all the names that you know. And uh, you, you, you were so accurate when you said not only are they names, but they can still play and are very, very competitive. Absolutely. I was up there and enjoyed watching them uh, at the event up at the Villages earlier in the year. And the crowds were just uh, tremendous out there. And, you know, so many of us grew up watching these players and uh, of course, Nancy, she's just been she's she's always just so terrific, so accessible, so wonderful with the crowds. This is really an opportunity to see some, you know, of the great legends. Uh, tell us a little bit about this tour. It seems to be growing nicely, and um, I think you had what about a dozen events this year? Well, just a, a notch under. We had eleven events, which is the most we've had in any year. So, uh, I mean, we're off and running. It's uh, we started with one about ten years ago. And uh, I said, we're just growing in popularity. And, uh, you know, I think there are a couple of reasons for it. It's, um, you know, the, the, the traction we're getting is because of the, the recognizable names and the accessibility, you know, of the players. And it's fun. You know, it's such a great family event. And it's just, uh, you know, we love our heroes. And uh, I said, it's, uh, it's a combination of those players that will sign autographs and talk to you and hit the ball 260 yards after they do. Yeah, to any of our listeners, is particularly, you know, if you've got kids that are looking to become players, junior golfers, this really is a fun event to take little ones to or, or juniors because they just get a, such a great chance and, and the players are so, uh, wonderful in terms of, uh, just, you know, mixing with the crowd and like you said, signing autographs. You can watch them, you know, hit balls and putt. It's, it's really a, it's a, it's a, just a terrific event that you run. Um, and this has really been a labor of love for you, I know, uh, has, you know, certainly with the, the, the increase in all, you know, the tours from the wed.com, et cetera, uh, the champions tour to create, uh, single-handedly a senior tour for the LPGA. You won 27 times, I believe, uh, on the tour yourself. So, you know, your heart and soul has been LPGA and, I know, Jane. Uh, certainly, uh, you've you've really you've been the driving force of this. Well, it has been. It's been both labor and love. Yes, no <laughs> in doubt. Case, in this case, you can't have one without the other. Uh, and I'm a competitor first, and I don't uh, give up easily. And uh, you know, I said we started with one, and it uh, it has not been easy. But um, you know, challenges are what makes makes things satisfying. And I- knowing we have such a great product. Um, know makes it makes it a lot easier and each time we sign on a new sponsor you know is it like a walgreens um this case we have um mr honda isps honda um once you start getting great names for sponsors then people take notice and we have you know tremendous crowds yeah you've got see you've got wendy's who have also been on board bj's i know you've got a big uh, event up in your neck of the woods in new england uh one thing i didn't know jane is that you went to rollins college right here in orlando I did. I, I'm, I'm a local. I did. I had a wonderful four years there uh, in Winter Park. 
That's fantastic. And uh, I know that you're also from uh, Rich, my co-host, Neck of the Woods, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. That's right. <laughs> That's right, which means, and I currently live in Boston, which means we've had a pretty exciting uh, month of September and October up there uh, at Fenway Park. Hey, uh, uh, Jane, it's Rich B. Uh, I used to live in Portsmouth, and I used to go to the old ferry landing. Now, is that still uh, still around? Oh, it's still the hot spot in town. It just keeps getting better and better, like the Legends Tour. You know, it's a legend. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> did, well, but did, did you have a Jimmy Juice? That's one big question. A Jimmy? Jimmy, your brother Jimmy? Yeah, they uh, they has a drink named after him. Oh, boy. Goes and Jimmy, Jimmy Juice. juice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, it was a great week. Uh, great week for the Bo Sox, uh, as well as uh, the Patriots over the weekend. So I, I have to put up with that all the time here. I got two of them, one the engineer as well as Rich, who are, are uh, hardcore fans here. Uh, but Jane, oh, how could be in worse company. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tell us how people can get uh, tickets if they want to come over to the event this weekend. Well, you can buy tickets right there on site, and they're only $10 a day. But the deal is that if you go to a local Walgreens, you get half price. You can get a $10 ticket for both Saturday and Sunday. And I don't know where else you can go for that that type of, uh, you know, that low-price ticket and get all the entertainment for a full day. We're talking, so, um, you know, <laughs> 10 bucks to watch six Hall of Famers and 22 legend champions who are in this field. I mean, that's that's fantastic. and. Well, I'd, I'd pay that much just to watch uh, uh, Laura Davies smack it around. <laughs> you know, Rich B? <laughs> she, she, can she can smack it. She can still hit that ball long. Oh, you can watch her hit her four iron about 230. She hits her four iron farther than I hit my driver, and I think I still hit it okay. Um, <laughs> but I say, yeah, it, it is it is a great field, and Innsbruck is a wonderful place to go anyway. You know, we have the PGA at Copperhead, and uh, we play the Island Club, which uh, any of the PGA guys will tell you that it's even harder and Copperhead. It's a, it's a real challenge, but it's a, it's a fun place to watch. We get some great gallery spots, and uh, you know, I said with all the top players being there and uh, ready to sign autographs and take, take photos, it's a great place to spend a weekend. Well, if they want to find out more information, they can go to thelegendstour.com. That'll be Saturday and Sunday rounds to uh, check out the Legends of the LPGA. Jane Blaylock, thank you so much for your time. We'll let you go back to work. We appreciate you taking a few minutes with us. Okay, thanks. Thanks so much. Hats we'll, off. Uh, we'll see everyone out there. Hats off to you and all of the legends of the LPGA. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back with Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. The struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Rich B. And, um... Got some local, local news. Local stuff. Holly, uh, just wanted to bring this uh, to our attention, ladies and gentlemen. Attention, ladies. Uh, we did lose Paul Johnson. He was the caddy master starter at Bay Hill for uh, 50 years. Now, uh, Paul, I worked with his son Greg over at Orange Tree. Paul was uh, just a classic, classic uh, guy. Anybody that's played Bay Hill probably remembers. Mr. Paul Johnson passed away the other day, and uh, God bless him. 
We're going to miss him. He was a great guy. And uh, the Porter Cup. What? Uh, give yeah, that's a uh, Jerry Porter was the past president of the North Florida section uh, CEO. And uh, they did remember him with a nice uh, challenge with the Southwest, East, North chapters all get together and play off at uh, reunion for different teams. And the Southwest chapter won it back-to-back. Now, this is two years in a row. Southwest chapter has won that. Congratulations there. And uh, Jerry Porter was always a great guy. I'm sure anybody in the golf business remember Jerry. Long-time executive yeah, director. Yeah, wrong, 30, long 30 years, I think, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. And great guy. He, he, he built, uh, I think he built the original... Regional headquarters over there in Daytona. <laughs> yeah, in Daytona. No brick less. by brick. Uh, Dustin Johnson, Topsy and Poulter to win the HSBC champions over in Shanghai, China. And it was a wonderful weekend for me, Rich B, because you know who I got to watch. Freddie. Uh-huh. Freddie Couples wins the season finale of the Champions Tour. And the Schwab Cup went to Kenny Perry, taking the overall points race for uh, the Champions Tour. For 2013. And now uh, the boys are headed to the McGladry Cup. Uh, sea Island. Sea Island. Uh, Davis Love the Third, the host there. Quite a few players that are playing out of there. And uh, we're going to go to our main man, our big dog, Bob Herrick from ESPN.com. Hey, Bob. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Well, this is uh, the last official event in the U.S. Uh, for the beginning of the start of the sort of not-so-finish of the 2013-14 season. And um, let's uh, let's first talk about this big win over the weekend for, for DJ. Pretty good performance. Uh, chipping in for the Eagle on, what, the 17th hole, was it? Yeah, I think it was the 16th hole. And, uh, um, yeah, it was a heck of a weekend, and, and the – he got a got a big lead and then squandered it and had a couple of uh, you know bulldogs trying to chase him down and Graham McDowell and and uh, Ian Poulter and then ended up uh, you know holding them off to win and and you know now you look up and he's he's got the most wins of any player under the age of thirty right now at eight and uh, the pretty a pretty good one and um, you know I think again shows you know what, what kind of talent he has. Yeah, and it was it was a really fun weekend to watch. Uh, Ian, of course, Ian Poulter uh, and Graham McDowell, who were uh, right on his heels, and Sergio finishing with a 63 in the final round. You had Justin Rose in there, Graham Dillette as well, and Rory finally, you know, seeming to have his game come around a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a World Golf Championship event that. Uh, you know, we, we kind of uh, was viewed a bit as an afterthought uh, uh, prior to this year. But now that it's on the PJ Tour schedule, you know, we can kind of look up and see how big of a deal it is and how much it matters. You know, a bunch of guys went over, uh, a bunch of tour, PGA Tour players. Uh, the guys who played the European Tour got accounted for both. Uh, you know, if you're one of those guys, it's just a no-brainer, I guess, to go play that. I mean, you you get a start on both tours. Uh, if you play all the world golf events in the majors, that's eight tournaments uh, that count on both tours, you know. And, uh, and uh, you know, for Rory, it's it's actually a, a, a good start for him to the 2013-14 season. You know, unlike this year in 2013 when he got off to such a lousy start, 
now he's got a good tournament uh, finish under his belt. Uh, you know, uh, to you know to build on for for the next time he plays on the PGA Tour, which probably won't be until uh, sometime in February. All right, Bob. Hey, listen. Uh, looking at Rory, he looks like he's been in the gym. He's been pounding the uh, pounding the weights a little bit. I mean, he looks solid, just all beefy. Uh, and he looked like he had his game together. You know, he like he's got a little axe to grind. I think he should uh, have a pretty good season. I think Rory's going to come around. Uh, you know, it's just been one of those things with him. It seemed like everything went wrong. Uh, and, and, you know, I think we might have underestimated, or not not, not everyone, but some of us, uh, you know, how big of a deal the equipment change was. He downplayed it. But there's been enough people that have said, you know, that that's just not that automatic. And uh, especially to change all 14 clubs. You know, maybe he might have stuck with the driver and the wedges and the putter uh, and, and then and worked those in over time. You know, I think that had an effect. Um, he, uh, he's had these management issues. Um, he got into some swing flaws. But you're right. I think he's been all along. Uh, and that started before, you know, fitness being a big thing. And, uh, you know, he's only 24 years old. He's got plenty of time, I think, to get things turned around and, and get and get back after it again. It was good to see Martin Keimer play well. He's uh, certainly been off the radar a bit. And uh, he, had a, he had a pretty good tournament, finishing in a tie for eighth with Bubba Watson and uh, – Jamie Donaldson and and Keegan Bradley in there as well as Ernie Els and Boo Weekly. Yeah, how about Boo Weekly? And he's playing the McGladry this week after coming all the way back from China. Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know the, the, you mentioned a bunch of big names, and that's that's what those events are about. And um, I, 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 there's a lot of these guys that have been playing a lot of golf too, so. Um, you know, it's, it's it's winding down. There's a couple more big events in, on the European Tour, and uh, obviously there's just only two more on the PJ Tour in this calendar year. Uh, but uh, it's been different now with, with the way that, with the season starting out like it is, and, and in, a, in a way, I think it's worked. I think we're paying more attention to these tournaments. I agree, and you know, we're now in November, and we're talking golf. Uh, you know, and and. Of course, coming around the corner here, the the European Tour, the race for Dubai, which uh, uh, in 2012, uh, com- you know, formed this final series, which uh, they're in the third of the series. There was the BMW Masters, and then of course the WGC, which is part of that, the Turkish Open, and then the DP World Tour Championship. Uh, but you know, uh, again, for the European Tour, they've created a very exciting finish as well. Right, uh, and you know our our guys, the PGA Tour guys, complain about you know the the hectic finish, the four tournaments. Uh, well, you know they're going from New York to Boston to Chicago to Atlanta. These guys are going to Shanghai. Now, granted, there's two tournaments in Shanghai, but they're still about an hour apart. And then from Shanghai to Turkey, uh, and then from Turkey to Dubai. Uh, not not exactly uh, quick little uh, helicopter jaunts there. Uh, so, you know, they um, – and, and the, there's a new requirement this year, which has actually caused a little bit of angst. Uh, to be eligible for D- Dubai, you have to play two of the three preceding it. Uh, 
Uh, and some guys haven't been able to meet that qualification, so they, they won't go to Dubai next week. So, you know, it's uh, I think that's something they might have to look at. It's a bit of a tough ask. But uh, so the, the big guys, you know, the ones that uh, are in the hunt, Henrik Stenson, Poulter, McDowell, uh, they're they're doing it. And uh, and obviously Rory, you know, Rory needed that good finish last week to, to qualify for Dubai. He's not playing in Turkey. And he was not inside the top 60. He's now moved into the top 40. Kind of hard to believe after the year he had last year. Agree. And, and I think what you're just pointing out, too, is how many of these players now we recognize, you know, over on the European Tour because of their time over here on the PGA Tour. And all those great players you just mentioned that we have an opportunity to follow them and watch them, uh, you know, for another couple of weeks. So it's it's really been exciting. Of course, Tiger playing over in the Turkey Open. Turkey Open, the Turkish Open. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that was a big stop on uh, the Golf Resort Tour. Uh, I, you know, this is just astounding to me, this uh, stop in Turkey. I don't get it. Well, it's a new event, and, uh, uh, you know, it's Turkish Airlines. Um, you know, forgive me for not even knowing there was a Turkish Airlines. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, they put up the money to be a sponsor and, uh, so has the tourism board there, which is very much trying to get attention to itself as, as a, you know, as a, as a destination. Apparently, you know, there's some good golf to be played there. Turkey would like to get the Olympics down the road. And so, you know, what better way to do it than to have Tiger Woods come play in your tournament? So, uh, it's given them some exposure. I'm, I'm sure you guys saw the, the video or the photos of Tiger hitting across the bridge, uh, which goes from Asia to Europe. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that's what they're, they're trying to make a name for themselves. And uh, the European tour has had sponsorship issues. And if somebody comes to them and is able to put on, this is a $7 million tournament. Uh, you know, that's uh, the $7 million tournament plus they're paying Tiger to be there. That's quite the commitment. So, uh, uh, you know, they're going to do it, and uh, uh, we'll see how it ends up. But, you know, their race, their season-ending thing isn't quite as, as dramatic as the PGA Tour FedEx Cup where there's a lot of volatility. It's just based on money. And uh, then whoever, I believe there's a bonus pool for the top ten spot. So, uh, you know, it's a little simpler to follow. But uh, nonetheless, whoever comes out on top – and Henrik Stenson has a chance to be the first player to win the FedEx Cup and the race to Dubai. We had a couple of guys win the PGA Tour money title, Rory and Luke Donald, the last two years, and the race to Dubai. Uh, but but uh, those guys hadn't won the FedEx Cup. So that, that's a little bit of history that Henrik Stenson's trying to make. And a big announcement by Tim Fincham over the weekend uh, that the PGA Tour has joined with uh, China to form the PGA Tour in China, beginning in 2014. Yep, uh, they're you know the tour has sort of broadened its horizons. They uh, they've done something similar in South America. They've done it in Canada. Now they're doing it in China. Sort of a natural progression. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it works and how it develops because. There are not a lot of high-level players of yet in China. 
what what this is going to become is a feeder tour, just like the other ones that I mentioned to the, to the web.com. They're going to give some some spots uh, exempt status into the web.com by high finishes in these tours, and it'll be kind of interesting to see how those guys fare. In theory, in 2015, three or four or five guys from that tour will play their way onto the web.com tour and be a step away from the PJ tour. But how well will they fare? You're going to have uh, guys from South America as well as, as from Canada doing the same thing. That's how they'll get on. There'll be a bunch of players who get into the web.com Q school. And then, you know, of course, if you're top 25 in money, you're on the PJ tour the next year. So it'd be kind of interesting to see, but the, the tour is recognizing that, you know, the game is beyond, uh, you know, the North American shores, you know, it's, uh, it's worldwide now. And, and I think they've been smart to make these moves, you know, uh, uh, you might as well embrace the fact that it's a global game. Well, the McGladwee Cup is is at Sea Island. A uh, lot of players that put uh, call their home there. Uh, Davis Love, the third, who is hosting the event. Pretty good field for this for this tournament. Bob Zach Johnson, Matt Kuchar uh, in in the field. Uh, Webb Simpson. It looks like uh, this could be a, a good finishing tournament for the year. Yeah, those guys are uh, all in the top 16 in the world. That's um, you know that's a good showing I think for a tournament that follows a World Golf Championship event, uh, one that uh, you know obviously had most of the top players and and then obviously there's one more tournament next week in uh, the Mayakoba tournament in Mexico that will you know it's it's funny how how fast these tournaments have gone I mean uh, started the the new season at the Fries and now we're already in the fifth week next week will be number six and then except for you know some of the uh, the unofficial off-season events like Tigers Tournament, the Shark Shootout, Father Son, uh, you know, we're, we're basically done until uh, until the tournament championship in Hawaii, which, let's be honest, it'll be here before you know it. It sure will. We we talk about it, it seems like, every year, and, and here we are uh, still with a lot of golf to cover. Uh, but at least you're home for a few weeks, and we appreciate, as always, your time with us. Thanks so much. Bob Herrig, ESPN.com. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play a pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni. I think it's nice. It could just make We're back. The Gulf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Holly G and Rich B. Uh, Rich, I don't know if you caught any of this. We did talk about it last week on the show, but the REMAX World Long Drive Championship last Wednesday night at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Tim Burke. Of Orlando winning the long drive over England's Joe Miller. The two advanced from the final field of eight, who began the night battling chilly weather conditions and hitting the ball toward the bright lights of the famed Las Vegas Strip. It was pretty it was pretty exciting, a pretty cool made for TV event that the Golf Channel carried. 
And uh, both Burke and Miller each got six drives over two rounds of three shots apiece with the longest shot that stayed within a 50-yard wide grid counting toward the final score. Burke, who was second to Ryan Winther last year, earned $250,000. And I'll tell you what, it's pretty cool. They have to, you know, they pull the trigger pretty quick when they go through these rounds. And uh, it's, it's pretty big pressure under the lights and with the crowds there. It was it was pretty fun they to watch. They get it going. They get the crowd going uh, real good. They uh, get everybody uh, on the edge of their seats. Let's so say. hats off to uh, Tim Burke of Orlando. Hey, speaking of edge of the seat, now I'm watching TV earlier this week, and uh, they were interviewing Lindsey Vaughn. And we got the Olympics coming up, and she's talking about going skiing. So I bet you Tiger's going to go from Turkey to some ski resort up in some fabulous mountain up there in Europe. And I bet you Lloyds of London is freaking out because, you know, if he breaks a leg, it's going to cost Lloyds of London big money. Yeah, she was actually on Katie Couric's talk show and uh, had a pretty funny quote, Told said that Tiger was funny and dorky, actually, was her quote, which uh, has gotten a lot of play, which I thought was pretty amusing. But... Um, you know what I was on the edge of my seat watching all weekend. My man, Freddie Couples, winning the Champion Tours season-ending Charles Schwab Cup championship at uh, the TPC Harding Park out in San Francisco. And we're going to uh, the Champions Tour insider himself, Vartan Capellian, to give us a quick wrap-up. Hey, Vartan. Hey there. So my man, uh, he was pretty much in the driver's seat, Freddie. Um most of the weekend, won by six shots over Bernhard Langer and uh, Peter Siener. Uh, had some putting, a little bit of putting trouble on Saturday. He could have really clipped the field, but a great yeah, win for yeah. Freddie. Yeah, he, he, he played very well. Uh, you know, beware the wounded golfer. He showed up in, uh, at TPC Harding Park with a sore neck um, that was bothering him, had been bothering him since the President's Cup. And uh, and sometimes, you know, when you've got an ailment and your expectations are low, uh, those things happen. But he, he played really, really well. I mean, it was just, uh, he hit the ball beautifully. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, he, he was very perceptive about what the Champions Tour is, what it means to him, and what it's going to take. I mean, he, he said he wants to win the Charles Schwab Cup with the million-dollar annuity. I don't think Freddie needs the money, but he wants to win it. Um, and, uh, and he knows that to win it, he's got to play more than, you know, 12 times a year, 13 times a year out there, because you can't get enough points, uh, if, you know, to beat a guy like Kenny Perry or Bernhard Longer, who plays every single week, if you're only playing a dozen, 12, 13 tournaments. And, and the good news for the Champions Tour is Freddie's planning on playing more out there next year. I love it. I love it. You know, yeah, Freddie always has this very sort of laid-back way about him. But you look at how he's gone about his career, and, uh, you know, he may have not been one of those kids that had, you know, all the records up over his bed at night. But, you know, it means a lot to Freddie, and I think a lot of that uh, was evident at the, with his Hall of Fame uh, induction, you know, when he got so emotional uh, about it in his uh, in his speech and and just the way he's gone about everything from the President's Cup and, and now taking on the Champions Tour, uh, he's, you know, such a, a classy, uh, great, great competitor. Well, you know, he made the point that, 
you know, it doesn't look like he's very intense. It doesn't look like he's trying very hard. Uh, but, but he is all the time. He, he had a good week. He had a good week in the media center as well as the golf course. Uh, he said some very interesting things. Uh, and uh, it, it was a good week for Freddie. Uh, I think he's going to start next year energized on the Champions Tour. Um, and, you know, he, you never know with his back. Um, if his back holds, holds up, uh, you know, he, I think we know he's probably the best player out there still. Um, it's close between him and Longer and Perry probably. But, we, you know, we all know when it comes to hitting the ball, as far as Freddie still hits it, as pure as he still hits it. Uh, and he can putt when he gets, you know, when it means something to him and he's and he's into his game, he, he can putt. He's, he's got a very, very uh, good hands that uh, kind of overrated, I think. I'm sorry, kind of underrated over the years because his ball striking has been so exceptional. I mean, he got he got the nickname, you know, boom boom, not uh, not soft hands, but uh, he's got a heck of a short game too. So if he can stay healthy, I think he's excited about next year. Absolutely, and Kenny Perry, of course, uh, winning the overall uh, Schwab Cup and topping the year long points uh, race to earn the million dollars. Uh, Q school going on for the champions. Uh, right now, Varton, I know in California, Florida, and Texas, it's going on here out at Orange County National. And uh, one player of note, Damon Green, caddy to Zach Johnson, is uh, attempting to make make uh, the Champions Tour. Hey, he played at the uh, U.S. Senior Open last year, uh, 2012, at Indianwood uh, Golf and Country Club in Lake Orion, Michigan. Actually, he played quite well there. Uh, you know, Damon can play. I think mean, Damon can flat play. The problem, if he makes it, is who caddies for Zach? Yeah, no doubt. I think uh, Damon's going to make more money carrying the bag for Zach anyway. Yeah, I don't know what he's thinking. Yeah, that's that's exactly my point is that, uh, you know, that's a pretty good bag to have. You can make a lot of money uh, working that bag. You know, I don't know if he can win that much money on the Champions Tour, but still it's, just the uh, the idea of competing and getting out there and seeing what you got and and uh, so you know hey it's probably fun for him even if he doesn't make it to be out there competing and getting some tournament action in uh, but he's a good player but I agree I think uh, you can make a whole lot more money uh, caddying for Zach yeah absolutely well Bart we thank you very much uh, as always. You can catch Barton Capelli and PGATour.com, one of the best in our business. Thanks so much, my friend, for spending a few minutes with us. Uh, my pleasure. Have a good one. All right. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We've got Michael Collins from ESPN.com coming up next. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments. None of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so lean and mean. I got good eyesight, I'll be all right. That, the Golf Insiders, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk. Ali G and Rich B. And um, we have one of our favorite golf insiders that's joined us this year. And uh, he lit up the phones the last time he was on the phone. And uh, he's just written a story for ESPN.com uh, about the tour caddies, 
forming an official association with the hopes of improving their working conditions. A former tour caddy himself, now an analyst for ESPN.com, Michael Collins. Hello, Michael. What's going on? Well, I hope I lit up the phones in a good way. Oh, you did, my friend. You did. We needed an extra three hours. <laughs> so uh, well, this is good. this is pretty. Uh, I, I know this is long overdue, and I'm sure you have a lot to tell us. Uh, but give us the scoop on what's going on for the caddies. It is. It's long overdue. The caddies have basically the PGA Tour caddies have formed an association similar to what the rules officials have out on the PGA Tour. Um, one of the things that we had talked about before was how the, the the caddies were treated by the PGA Tour like they were employees of the PGA Tour with uh, regulation sheets and rules that an employer would govern over an employee. The only problem is caddies are employed as independent contractors by players and individuals, not by the PGA Tour. So there finally came a time where the caddies came together as as a group and decided that something needed to be done. Um, and that was as far as health benefits and a retirement plan, which is one of that. Those are the two main concerns: is is the health benefits and a retirement plan, because the caddy profession is no longer like what a lot of people look at it. And and for a long time there were plenty of people that were okay with the fact that the general public viewed caddies as they were in the 70s, 80s, and even into the early 90s. But once the purses on the PGA Tour have skyrocketed like they have, PGA Tour caddying now is also a business because most people don't understand. A lot of people think caddies just get 10% of what a guy makes, and that's not the way that it works. A 10% is what you get for a win. Um, then it's a sliding scale, and that's all negotiated as independent contractors with each golfer. So the money that's out there right now for some of the top caddies is big, and they have financial advisors and tax guys. And because of that and because of, of how great the money is out on the PGA Tour, there are no more guys that go out drinking all night and partying and doing illicit things because the money is too big. So if I'm a professional golfer, the guy who I want on my bag better not smell like alcohol, better not be spending the night in jail for drugs or something like that. Just you, because there's, there's too much at stake now with the money that's out there. And caddies want to be recognized by the PGA tour and the public as a profession. So like with most people that watch golf and enjoy golf, they want to be able after 20 years of service, whether it be with one player or 50 players, to be able to sit back and retire on their porch and, and enjoy retirement after putting in that much service. Yeah, absolutely. We were just talking about before uh, we, we came uh, back uh, that uh, Damon Green, Zach Johnson's caddy, is actually participating in Q School here wow. in Orlando, and we were saying we think he'd probably make more money caddying for Zach than uh, going out on on the Champions Tour. What do you think? That's the irony is that, you know, and but that tells you, I mean, Damon is a golfer at heart. And yeah. He, and he played a bunch on mini tours, a lot on mini tours, and very successful. And he played in the Senior U.S. Open and the Senior British Open. 
and had success there. Yeah, good stick. It's nice. Yeah, he's a really good stick, but he's also an amazing caddy, which is why Zach is is encouraging that Damon go out and chase his dream, but lets him know, listen, if this doesn't happen, my bag is on your shoulders. So it's nice to have that security for Damon there, you know, because he is he is a really good he's a great caddy for Zach. And that's that's the thing. It's not just about being a great caddy, but it's about being a great caddy for the guy that you work for. That's that's the difference between a good caddy and a great caddy. A good caddy is is just good at what he does. A great caddy makes the player better. And that's what Damon does. Yeah, no doubt. And You've seen a lot of it this year with the players, uh, you know, recognizing their caddies after their wins. And you look at, you know, Stevie Williams, Bones. I mean, many of the caddies we know by name as, you know, much as the players now. Yes, and like Tiger's caddy, Joe LaCava, is on the board of, uh, of this association of professional tour caddies. So they have some big names with big voices behind them. To kind of validate, uh, to validate basically what this what this association is, but that's also why, like Ryan Palmer's caddy uh, James, who's the president of the APTC, um, he he said it, it was time that the era was right. Players were recognizing and realizing what a vital role that caddies play and how much of an effect they can have on the success or failure of of how a guy does on the golf course. So when you and I also on the website on ESPN.com, there, I, I have an interview with Stevie up there with Stevie Williams, where he actually this is how tight knit the caddies are. My first U.S. Open uh, was at Shinnecock, and I w- was on my way. We were paired. I was caddying for Daniel Chopra. Chopra and I were paired with Tiger Woods on the first hole. Both of them hit it in the front left greenside bunker off the tee, but are going to try and get up and down for birdie. Um, Tiger gets in the bunker first, hits his bunker shot. Stevie's holding the rake. I go to grab the rake because I'm going to jump in the bunker and rake Tiger's mark before Daniel hits. If I would have done that, two-shot penalty. Stevie won't let go of the rake. Now, he doesn't say anything. This is at a time Stevie doesn't know me from Adam. And this is when Stevie's reputation, people would say, oh, Stevie, you know, he's a jerk and he does all this and he's like the mean guy and whatnot. Stevie not knowing me saved me from a two-shot penalty. I'm putting on my player in the U.S. Open on Saturday. Without this is and this is the fraternity of caddies. Wow! And I told him that story on camera for the first time, and and this is how aloof caddies are. He didn't even remember it. He didn't even remember doing it. But I wanted to take that time to tell him thank you for doing that for me. Yeah, no, no doubt. What was uh, your most nervous moment as a caddy, Michael? Because I'm sure there there got to be some when you know you're trying to pull the right club for your player. Q school, uh, Q school for Omar Uresti, my very first Q school on the West Coast in Palm Springs. Uh, Omar is in by one on Monday, the final day, and the cameras are following us around, so we know we're close. But I can't let him see how nervous I am. And on the 16th hole, this par five, he had an eight-footer for par to keep us inside the number by one. And he looks at me and says, I don't see it, which means he doesn't see where the break is. And I saw it. So I tell him where the break is. But realizing as I'm saying this to him that this, if, if he misses this putt, 
knowing how Omar is a momentum and grind field player, that this might be it. And he, he, when I tell him where the line is, it was outside the hole, breaking left to right. And he looked at me and he goes, okay. And I knew that if I got that read wrong, we probably weren't going to have a PGA Tour card next year. And he drained the putt. And as he weighed his stroke, I turned away because I felt like I was going to throw up. But when the putt went in and he looked at me, I had to show him in my face zero emotion whatsoever. And I did. I, I faked it. And, and then as he, I made him walk in front of me to the next tee, and, and I was trying my best to hold my composure. And needless to say, we burned 17, part 18, and then he hugged me on 18 and whispered in my ear, thank you. And I walked over, sat in a golf cart, and cried. Awesome. Thank you for some great insights, Michael. we got to wrap it up. Uh, they must be paying you the big, big bucks at ESPN since you hung up uh, your looper uh, uni. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. All right, Michael Collins, check him out, ESPN.com. As always, to our golf insiders, Bob Herrig, as well as uh, the rest of the crew, Vartan Capellian, and our man behind the glass, Mr. Rich Walsh. And Rich B. Thanks to all our listeners. We still got plenty of golf coming up. Stay with us next week. Bye bye.